Hey, everybody. Welcome to Busted Business Bureau. I'm Christian Borky. I do all of the research for this podcast myself, and I host it. And if you like what you're hearing, you can throw money at me on patreon.com slash bureau. I'm produced by an independent nonprofit comedy theater, The Lincoln Lodge, in Chicago, Illinois. If you want to support live comedy, you can go to thelincolnlodge.com slash donation. So I have, oh my God, this is the second time I've had a third string friend on the pod. <laughs> Aww. Because <laughs> at first it was going to be our friend who made the trash play. Um, oh, yeah. 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 And then it was going to be my high school English teacher. Wow. And now it's <laughs> you. You know what? I'm so used to being a six man off the bench, so it's okay. I'm, it's, I'm ready for it. Cake was the third string in the first episode. Mm-hmm. Good um, for her. <laughs> Right. Love Kate. Did a fabulous job. Um, can you tell me uh, about the drink that you wanted to order at the bar? Oh, yeah. Um, so it's called the spaghetti. <laughs> and it's like spaghetti, but without the tea. <laughs> and I, I think was I was told that it's like a legit drink. But now I'm just wondering if the bartender at the bar that I work at just made it up. But it's a High Life uh, beer in a bottle, of course. That's the only way to. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like a pony bottle or a normal bottle? A uh, regular bottle. I'm sure ponies. you could do this with a pony, though. Okay. Um, and then you take a little bit out. You just drink, drink, drink. And then you put a little bit of Aperol in there. And then top it with some lemon juice. And it's... <sighs> girl. Mm. If it's cold, oh, it's so good. It's so, mm. it's just like, you know how some Aperol spritz was like all the rage and yeah. then you had some and you're like, yeah, okay. It's just serviceable. So yeah. For sure. You're like, on a, if it's hot, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But like, as a drink to like just casually enjoy, hmm. But the lemon juice cuts right through the Aperol so it makes it a little less bitter. Oh, it's so fruity and delicious. I would put a cherry in it and call it spaghetti meatballs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'd eat it right up. I know some people do that shit with grenadine or whatever, but... Oh, yeah. I can't stand grenadine. Really? I can't stand you bitches who use grenadine. Oh, why? It tastes rotten to me. Really? It tastes disgusting. I'm always sad when I want a cherry Coke, and then they're like, can we give you Coke with grenadine? And no. I'm always like... Oh, Fuck no. yourself. Some people do it right, but most most don't. It's not even cherry syrup. It's pomegranate. Ew. I know. That's why it never tastes right then. Because it's just off. Yeah. My name's Emma, by the way. <laughs> forgot <laughs> uh, hello hi this is emma hello um what, what are there um projects that you do that you want to plug uh well you and i produce a show here at the lincoln lodge with sarah whitcomb mm-hmm. who um isn't another friend of the pod i would say and it's called the lesbian lodge and it's a once a month show i think i also forgot to say your name on the first time you were on the podcast me yeah oh well <laughs> there you go there's something just so natural and invested oh, about I sh- you I just you should delete it take you. it out because i'll just be a mystery voice Ooh. <laughs> yeah you can just bleep it you think i'm i have to put this out by like midnight tonight i'm not editing this okay fair enough well yeah it's the lesbian lodge that's the show that we do and then i don't really have anything else to promote Maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. Oh, the podcast, Do You Have a Sec? But we haven't made some new episodes No, in a I meant maybe like the times you're on the radio, like live. Oh, yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, okay, cool. Um, I do uh, some radio stuff sometimes live, and I will be uh, live on the air uh, July Saturday, July 29th, 7 to 10 a.m. Fantastic. And um, I'm uh, 11 p.m. to midnight on Sundays. One sweet little hour of this voice coming to you live over the airwaves. What's in your trash right now? What's in my trash? Yeah. <sighs> Um, I can go first if you want. Yeah. Stems from kale from my CSA. Okay. Uh, veggie sausage case- casing. Okay. And um, a lot of disposable menstrual products that are not mine. Oh. Because I share a bathroom with um, somebody who uses Sarah, them. Sure. <laughs> oh. Not a Diva Cup user, I forgot. I'm saying. Yeah. 
Um, so those are the things that are in my trash. In I, my trash, uh, in my bathroom trash, there's a lot of Q-tips because I just got my septum pierced. So I'm trying to make sure that she's clean and dry. So there's a lot of Q-tips. Um, there's coffee grounds for sure. Mm-hmm. Egg, egg, egg shells. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and then a lot of... Um, a lot of plastic products probably <laughs> this is actually if this is if we're talking about waste this is crazy because i've been thinking so much about plastic waste Ugh. we're talking about waste management inc yes they were in fact the company that dealt with my trash the entire time i lived in ohio mm. but now the city of chicago does my trash yeah i think we had wm as well wm baby oh yeah at least at some point so when I had originally written the script for um, my friend who had made the play, mm-hmm. it had to do with like sanitation worker history, like the history of public sanitation, et cetera, et cetera. But then I had to retool the script and now it's just about some fucking shenanigans. You want to hear some fucking shenanigans about trash people? <laughs> I would love to hear some fucking shenanigans about trash people. It uh, was a good play though. We had to hold some trash. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. It was so good. Yeah. It was pretty phenomenal. I love the play. Go Faith. But first a bit of background. Waste Management Inc., the company actually started in Chicago, Illinois. Oh, slow. Mm-hmm. By a guy named Harm Huizenga. <laughs> hey, Harm Huizenga? Harm Huizenga in 1893. Wow. Not a great time for sanitation in history. No. We didn't have sewers. Oh. The Chicago River went right into Lake Michigan, <laughs> so anything we did have to start <laughs> right into there. Uh, sickening. Cholera outbreak after cholera Oh, outbreak. girl, we're falling down. Mother, it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was disastrous. Oh, but- 1893, Harm is like, hey, the streets are pretty lined with trash. There's no municipal trash collection, nor Mm -hmm. is there any private people doing this. I'm going to start my own business. Just going door to door, being like, hey, can I pick up some of your trash like once a week for a small fee? Cool. It's literally the plot to an It's Always Sunny episode as well. Oh, great. Except it's dur- like during like a sanitation worker strike, Charlie Mack and uh, Dennis <laughs> they just, just like, break the picket line and they like get a limo and like wear suits <laughs> and like, we'll pick up your trash for you. <laughs> really great. Oh um, my goodness. So that's literally like th- picture that, but it's 1893 and yeah. your name is Harm. Oh, and it smells. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you're wearing wool. Mm-hmm. Oh. God. He built a very successful business off of this, though. Like every company I've talked about that predates World War II, like after World War II, it skyrockets yeah. because there's so many more disposable products. Uh, people want their trash collected. It, just the yeah. When they really figured out capitalism at that point, like they were oh, really yeah. just like business. We got a lock on that shit. Yeah, baby. <laughs> we were ready to like hit the ground running. We're making LLCs left and right. <laughs> <laughs> Lefty and righty. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> Cutting that. <laughs> Cut 1968 is when the proper waste management company is founded. So it, Harm didn't call it waste management. Mm-hmm. He was you know wheeling a wagon around, but. Sorry, I had to swallow my twisted tea. I know, me too. (laughs) It really makes your mouth... These are delicious, but they make your mouth really sticky. Yeah. So sorry, sorry, guys. The outside of a child's hand is the inside of my mouth. (laughs) I also have terrible cotton mouth right now, too. So we're just really just going to be a sticky, sticky episode. They're going to hear every single M you say. Yeah, I'm going to go... So every every sentence I start... So... You're not going to be able to not hear it. It's going to be great. 1968 is when Waste Management Proper is founded, and it's by disparate owners of uh, separate existing trash companies. One of them is Larry Beck, irrelevant. Dean L. Buntrick and his wife, Elizabeth <laughs> Huizenga. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, Wayne Huizenga, grandson of Harm. Now, Wayne had lived in Florida, and Dean and Elizabeth lived in Chicago. I don't know how close they were, but they had all started the company together okay. with this guy, Larry Beck. They started in Oak Park, Illinois. Wow. They started in Chicago, headquartered now in Oak Park. Uh, three years later, the company went public. What a slay. Okay. Stock market. <laughs> 
Shares. <laughs> Wayne Huizanga left the company in 1984 to go literally do Blockbuster. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, these guys got some good ideas. See, right. <laughs> He's been named CEO of the year like five times by Financial World magazine. Wow. He owns he owned um or he started up the Florida Marlins and the Florida Panthers okay. in the nineties. Uh the Maybe Panthers not so good at sports though. Well, okay, well, not anymore, but the Marlins won in 97. The Panthers got to the Cup in 96. Oh, okay, I, re- I really don't know that much about sports. It's but. a solid first five years. <laughs> yeah. And then, okay, so this is not in the script, but right after 97, he, like, sold every player from the championship team <gasps> because he wanted to just, like, come yeah, back. Yeah, he was on. like, all I wanted was a champ, and I got to get rid of all this. Well, he was like, the, meet the salary caps. A, a, according to him, he's like, I lost $34 million the year we won the championship <gasps> because my players are so expensive. So yeah. then he sold them, and then everyone fucking hated the team, and then he made so much less money. Oh, no. <laughs> Idiot. Yeah, okay, bad at sports. Yeah, bad at sports. Uh, that's the story that he would like to be told about himself, though. <gasps> and this is the grandson of Harm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wayne. Wayne. However, there is a story that I want to tell you. There's only one story that you really need to know that really describes who this guy is. Not to say that people can't change, but like this pattern of behavior exists <gasps> oh, in his entire lifetime. Oh, girl. So he had started a that nascent trash company in Fort La- Lauderdale in 1960. Okay. I think he was like 22, maybe. He had either had like a account dispute or was trying to sell his like, you know, services to this customer, Thomas Millwood. It's unclear if like Thomas Millwood had like a delinquent account or like if he was just trying to start the business. Thomas Millwood was like, no. Okay. So I only have what the Miami News Times gives in an article posted December 1994. I'll let them take it away. I'm sorry. That's okay. <clears throat> According to a civil suit Thomas Millwood filed in November 1961, Huizenga refused to vacate the premises. After using, a ba- a bra- oh, God. After using abusive and profane language to both Millwood and his wife, defendant Huizenga attacked Millwood in a fit of anger and without provocation, striking him on the face and body using great force and violence, thereby inflicting great bodily harm and mental shock. Oh my goodness. The altercation left Millwood with a ripped shirt, broken sunglasses, and abrasions on his face. Most painful noted the lawsuit was permanent injury to the testicles and genital area oh as a result my. of grabbing and twisting by the defendant oh my god this guy's a little freak oops <laughs> wayne the matter obviously went to trial uh Huizenga claimed that millwood had instigated the violence but the jury believed millwood and they awarded him one thousand dollars because his 10, nuts are now. still tied in a knot you can still see <laughs> <laughs> they're like just drop your pants yep Yep, you win. You, you win. get the money. Uh, so it's, again, $10,000 in, like, uh, current money. And this sparkling personality, Wayne Huizenga, uh, again, he had left in 1984. He had a litany of other violence accusations against him that were, like, proven in courts mm-hmm. of law. That's kind of one of the only things you need to know about him. Again, he, he departs waste management in 1984 to go do a blockbuster. Wow. So th- isn't that fucking nuts? Okay, so he like literally started Blockbuster. He's like, I got this idea. Or he was like going to franchise a a Blockbuster. So he did not start Blockbuster, but it seemed like he acquired it very early on and like made it what it was. Okay, he got into it. Okay, okay, cool. He had like bought 20 franchises pretty early. I guess if it's 20 franchises, it's not that early, but he is often credited with being the Blockbuster guy. That's why I didn't use any like active verbs. I just said he went to do a Blockbuster. (laughs) He's the Blockbuster. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. Literally. (laughs) Because he'd be fighting people. Yeah, he'd be busting blocks left and right. Busting blocks (laughs) left. I'm sorry, that's not funny. Like that's really, I try not to laugh at violence. Mm, Yeah, anyways. This is where things get a little silly. Okay. The 80s. (laughs) <laughs> Silly for everybody. <laughs> but let's skip ahead for one second to 1990. Okay. Okay. 
Waste Management Inc. had requested San Diego County to purchase a private landfill in Gregory Canyon. Mm. San Diego District Attorney Edwin Miller Jr. was uh, tasked with creating a report saying we should or shouldn't approve this purchase. He spent 15 months on it, and he published it in 1992. It's one of the most ludicrous documents I've read in my entire fucking life. Whoa. It's so funny. It like It's so long, it's detailed, and it connects... Waste management to like organized crime, <gasps> death threats, antitrust violations, and so much environmental damage. Oh my damage. gosh. So we'll use this as a guide to Waste Management Inc.'s general vibe through the 80s. Okay. Also, this is just a side note. When you go on the company's website to see the history of it, mm-hmm. it ends at 1982. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 1968 we were founded then we like tried to be more environmental then 1982 was great and now then, you know since then we've just really been picking up trash we've just been <laughs> it's really been quiet nothing to say just been vibing just stinker stinky you guys know, got a lot of waste out here so here's here's my question so like okay the war of world war ii happens right and then after that Instead of it's just it's not just picking up trash anymore. They're like we're gonna go bonanzas. We're gonna make this business massive. Yes, okay. they also are tasked with treating stormwater. Like when mm-hmm. it rains, I- I'm sorry if this is a um, patronizing explanation, but I no, really did not understand it. how stormwater I don't know pollution anything worked. about it. So when it rains, this is just like something that's so easy to understand, but so like nobody thinks of it. Mm-hmm. Um, we like put shit out on our lawns, like pesticides, dog shit. Yeah, it's gross. Actually. Do you know how to change an oil on a car? <sighs> no. That's fine. <laughs> I don't either. We're pretty girls. We don't have no, to. We're so pretty. Don't you? But a lot of shit gets on the floor, and there's like oil and grease and stuff, and like especially though when you do it yourself, which a lot of people do know how to do. You gotta like empty that thing, right? Yeah. And you go into your car, you like empty it. It really is like it's one step away from changing your windshield wiper fluid. Like mm-hmm. you just gotta know where under the car you unhook the thing, yeah. dump the oil, then Ugh. like you pour in the new oil. Gross. Right. Um. So, people are also fucking lazy. You know what country we live in. Uh-huh. You know how many people are throwing out batteries. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, a lot of people will perform oil changes and then just, like, dump the oil just somewhere. Oh, when it rains, then, rainwater will pick that up and it goes into, like, the sewage, like, those holes in the ground. Uh-huh. Just goes right into the sewer and then out into Lake Michigan where XYZ can happen. Jeez. In fact, this is an EPA report that I wasn't planning on saying, but I'm going to say it now. Okay. Used oil from a single oil change can pollute up to 1 million gallons of <gasps> fresh water. Improper disposal of used oil, which includes oil leaking from cars, contributes significantly to stormwater pollution. The EPA estimates that American households improperly dump 193 million gallons of oh. used oil every year, roughly the equivalent of 17 Exxon Valdez oil spills. Oh my god. Isn't that something that just is nuts to me? As someone who like doesn't live in the suburbs, doesn't, you know, like I, I don't change the oil, my oil in my car. Yeah. Like <gasps> it's baffling. Oh my goodness, but like not at all surprising to me whatsoever. Do you ever watch did you ever watch that show Mad Men? No. Okay. So there's an episode that will always stick with me in my head, and it doesn't have to deal with, like, liquid waste or whatever, but um, Don Draper and his smoking hot wife, Betty Draper, take their kids on a little picnic. I can picture it. And they literally just, like, pull over to the side of the road, sit down on this gorgeous little hill, they eat the picnic, and then when they get up to go, they're like, okay, kids, like, time to clean up, and they start, like, packing up the basket or whatever, and then Don Draper picks up the blanket, which has all of, like, the plates and the chip bags and the whatever waste on it, and he just, like, flicks the blanket... (laughs) And then wraps it up and they all get in the car and go and nobody picks up the trash. And I will just, it's just like, I think that's the mindset of a lot of people is like, once we put it in the bag, we just don't even 
think about it anymore. I have a question about Mad Men. Yeah. It, I assume it's shot in such a way where it's like an indictment of the behavior yeah. of Don Draper, right? Yeah. It's not like, oh, this is just like a normal thing to do. No, you it's know? like this is what people were doing in the 60s. Okay. Like we, nobody gave a fuck about trash. That's we all just like threw the crazy. shit. Crazy. Yeah. That's so funny. I'm just like, wow. <laughs> I'll never forget that episode. It's crazy. You were like, that's how it really was back then. I remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It was fucking nuts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're gross. We are gross, and we are 17 Exxon Valdez oil spills. A year. A year. Oh, my God. Which, then, again, like, stormwater will pick up and, you know, flow into Lake Michigan. Part of what waste management is supposed to do is during, like, big storms, if things, you know, like, they have private centers where they can treat water and then are supposed to, like, properly dump the treated water. Mm -hmm. They also, do you know what um, leachate is? No. Okay. So, when liquid soaks through a solid, it'll... It like percolates <laughs> and sometimes like, like I'm sorry to use this example but like dog shit if you okay. like took a thing of dog shit and like pounded water on it like some dog shit would come out on the other side with the water yeah you know what I mean like, yeah it just leeches out yeah it's kind of impossible to get all of the so when shit you out. when you've got a giant landfill full of trash oh. um and it rains which it does oh. like waste management ink is supposed to properly tend to the leachate which they like have these big tubs that just like circle certain like compounds into it and then the they decant the water from the top and they you know release that into the sky i'm kidding uh, okay <laughs> where it turns into stars um <laughs> and then they take like the shit and they can do one of two things with it they could either just put it back on top of the landfill and deal with it again later which like is, is not it's legal like yeah <laughs> or sometimes there's other ways to like make the shit into something more harmless or innocuous through science that i don't understand right oh. um there waste management one time was fined like five hundred thousand dollars in this one little <laughs> county in pennsylvania for doing that wrong <laughs> you oh know like the stakes here are massive yeah this is the kind of and company and it's 500k right yeah you want a company to also be good at things the last episode you were on jewel mm-hmm. right um it was a company that was really good at doing bad things like really good at selling cigarettes to children mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. this is a company that's really bad at doing good things <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> circling back to the report. <laughs> uh, hey, she's just a little girl, okay? She's just a human. <laughs> Let's talk about the 80s. Um, this is from Edwin J. Miller's report. Greenpeace has estimated that since 1980, the company paid over $43 million in fines, oh. penalties, out of court settlements, related to alleged My violations God. of environmental laws uh, at dub sites. <laughs> At least 45 waste management owned or operated waste sites have been found to be out of compliance with federal or state environmental regulations. And at least five sites have been ordered closed by regulatory agencies. Go fuck yourselves. You know how hard it is pre-1980s to be out of compliance with federal EPA regulations? There weren't any regulations. (laughs) Then they came in, they're like, Jesus Christ, you guys, the bar is on the floor. Stinks in here. Oh my God. Greenpeace also reported that between 1980 and 1983, over 547 citations and orders related to pollution violations were issued against waste management. So, let's just talk about <laughs> They're it. like, well, we put the trash in the hole. Okay, what more do you what, guys want us to do? <laughs> you don't have a better solution, do you? No, you don't. So, we're doing our goddamn best. <laughs> They're like crying at you the know. EPA meeting. <laughs> Guys, we're trying. We're literally putting it all, we're like holding all the trash. Also, notably, Waste Management is an incredibly successful company acquiring every single trash company. You ever heard of another trash company? Flood Brothers. You got me. Yep. (laughs) Yep. There you go. It's a local one. 
Mm. Yeah, I think. I'm not really. Actually, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> my um, second string guest, who, um, for the listener, I did try to record an episode with the second string guest, but I did it over Zoom, and yeah. Zoom was pausing every two minutes. It sucked. <laughs> um, he had not heard of any other. Well, it is companies. true. I mean, I used to think that waste management was just the. The city. Yeah. I used to think that, too. I didn't know that. This, that trash wasn't just automatically collected by, you know, whatever local government, which it feels like it should be their responsibility, to be honest. Like, yeah. It doesn't feel like trash should be a private entity. I don't know why. That's how I feel about most things. Yeah. Parking <laughs> yeah. or... Yeah, parking. <laughs> 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 um, during 1984, the EPA fined chemical waste management, that's a part of waste management, yeah. $2.5 million for a total of 130 violations at just one landfill. <laughs> Do we know what they're like revenue is like how much they're making um i think over a billion dollars a year oh great so they're just like yeah here do you want cash or oh well we'll talk about the finances actually (laughs) i'm not even at the main chunk of it yet this is still like oh no no no. (laughs) i'm just kidding please keep interrupting (laughs) (laughs) my second string had nothing to say about any of this (laughs) (laughs) because he was glitching the whole time right under a settlement announced by the EPA, chemical waste management will pay a record $3.75 million fine for pollution violations. That's a record? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, God. As of at least, you know, 1980 or whatever. Okay. At its hazardous waste incinerator located on the south side of Chicago. Slay. The EPA called it the largest administrative penalty ever oh imposed on a God. single facility in its history. <laughs> <laughs> the fine oh. stems from an agency investigation in which a whistleblower charged that during a 1987 or that in 1987, employees disconnected air pollution monitors while overloading the incinerator with highly toxic PCBs. Oh, <laughs> they can just unplug those? Yes. <laughs> you know, guys, this is going to be a big load. Can you just unplug those monitors? And they were like, whack. This is, you know, we're supposed to hit these certain targets. I know. No, literally, nobody's going to, they don't even check it. And yeah, I'm saying, like, you know, uh, when Jane, was the last time a monitor came through here? Be honest. <laughs> exactly. And when she did, she was annoying. She was annoying. She, like, wanted to chat. She wasn't even focused. Like, I barely, I don't even think she was reading the numbers. That's fine. Unplug it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, you want to hear a fun crossover? I would love to. Um, this is kind of a deep cut for Busted Business Bureau lore. Okay. Chemical Waste Management's incinerator number four, which was located in Soja, Illinois. Okay, Slay. Used to be Monsanto, Illinois. Oh, those poor people. Oh, yeah, God. It was awful. Oh, I was texting you when I went to Soja recently. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The smell. It's just crazy. Oh, Jesus Christ. It failed test burns conducted in 1990, which you don't want your incinerator failing test burns. Um, I pulled up some Ohio ones because it was, you know. What does that mean it failed a test burn? Does that mean the trash was too not incinerated enough? Was it... Uh, it does say you in the rest to toast of the report. it again. I all I know is it was insufficient. Okay, but I cool. don't know if that means environmentally insufficient, like or if not enough of the trash. I actually don't know. Okay, cool. And no it probably worries. does say in the report, but it's very long, and That's I right. did no, not. Yeah, copy yeah. The and you know what? It's, I don't care. I have to like real. <laughs> you don't care. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Some Ohio ones I wrote down. Chemical waste management site in Vickery, Ohio, had given rise to a number of actions brought on by the EPA during 1983. The EPA charged the company with numerous violations of permits related to the handling of hazardous waste. The charges including selling home heating oil that was contaminated with PCBs and dioxin. Oh my God! (laughs) The thing is, who was selling it? Uh, Waste management, chemical waste management, was selling it to homes. 
knowing it was contaminated with PCBs and dioxin. Oh, my God. Which, that's also a pretty fun crossover from the Monsanto season. Yeah. Who remembers? (laughs) How many people can we poison? It's like that Twitter meme of the two hands joining together (laughs) in the middle and, like... (laughs) It's like Mon- it's like Monsanto waste management destroying a small town with its poison. <laughs> oh boy. My thing is like right when I'm bad at my job, like I forgot to change the menu when we had right beside her. Mm. Like we used to have Angry Orchard distributor <gasps> no, was out. You didn't. And then I didn't change the menu. Oh god. So then the bartenders had to be like, "Oh, you want an Angry Orchard? Sorry, we have right beside her right now." How dare you? I know. It's crazy. Yeah. But that's what happens when I'm bad at my job. Yeah. <laughs> And you feel kind of bad too. You're like, oh no, I made I made y'all's life a little hard. Sorry right. about that. That sucks. I should have done that right. I feel just awful anytime anything mildly inconvenient happens to 1, any employee here. One thousand percent. I really had to like <laughs> do a lot of personal growth of like bad things happen to everybody. It's okay. Everyone, everyone has something to bitch about all the time. Yeah. But I hate being the thing that it. I'm, it's not like anyone's bitching about me. I think I do a good job. People like me. <laughs> but still, if I've caused the thing for them to be bitching about, I I want to end there's it all. There's guilt. Yeah, there's guilt there. <laughs> 100%. I manage a lot of people at my other job and it's like when things go wrong I feel relieved. I feel personally responsible for it. Yeah. And meanwhile these guys are like how many people did we kill? A hundred? Oh my god. Oh. That's less than last year. High five. <laughs> that was so crisp. <laughs> the clap? Yeah. The high five? Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Only a hundred. You guys happy hour after this. We only killed a hundred people. And then when they're not you know busy <laughs> dumping like hazardous waste into the environment one way or another um, this is another fun Ohio one. This we is Erin Brockovich. Where is she at? How come Aaron Brockovich didn't go work for the FDA? I mean, the EPA. I don't understand the reference. You've never seen the movie Aaron Brockovich? No. With, with, uh, with, with, I think it's Julia Roberts, and she's the small town, she's not even a lawyer, but she's like a small town law aide, and she, um, she like figures out that this company is poisoning this small town with the water supply, and nobody will take the case because obviously, okay, sorry, S- sidebar for Aaron Brockovich. <laughs> obviously, the whatever chemical company it is has a team of lawyers making bazillions of dollars. Right. So it's like they have a steel case, and they, they, she gets like 400 some plaintiffs of people who have had like hysterectomies or brain cancer. Did this like actually happen, or is this like I a think it's a true of- story? No, I think it is a true story. Um, and she, uh, figures out like through correlation that it's the chemical company. Company that's poisoning the water and it's like the water supply that they use for their pools so it's like the the county pool is poisoned so kids who are just swimming there like people just literally living their wow. lives are getting like tumors and cancers mm-hmm. and diseases and shit and uh she finally gets a job at this small town law firm because like she's running from something you know like she's got a backstory <laughs> and um she doesn't fit into the law world because she wears like push-up bras and stuff <laughs> <laughs> and she's got a kid. She is but too she sexy is for gonna law fight. World. She's too sexy for law, but she is going to fight for these kids, um, for these families. And the, the lawyers are like, we're going to offer you $20 million for everybody. And she's like, eat shit. $20 million split between 400 plaintiffs is fucking chump change. Yeah. What's their lives worth? Oh, it's so good. You got to oh, watch. Yeah. As a person, yeah. That for seems this like podcast, right you up my, watch my alley, yeah. Oh my God, movie night. Okay, I want to watch. <laughs> All yeah. right, great. Let's do it together. Anyways, back back on this. <laughs> Um, in October of 1987, they pled guilty to criminal felony charges involving price fixing and customer allocations in Toledo, Ohio. Cool. They were fined a million dollars for it. Oh that was God. pretty funny. <laughs> so I wrote, that was kind of a lot of examples I'd pulled from this report. So yeah. then right here I wrote in the script, are you having fun yet? I'm having, <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of devastating because I trust these guys. You know, <laughs> I really love trash people. I, lo- I love that I give them a lot of respect for their job. I, of course, yeah. will give respect to every But you know that mama worker. and papa behind the scenes are just really, they're just, it's really kind of depressing, though, to figure out that, like, trash is just always going to be, sur- we're just going to be surrounded by it all the time, forever, for the end of time. Well, luckily, <laughs> I've learned from my past mistakes of ending on things too depressing. Sure. So this is just kind of the precursor to get into the sode. Let's go. So 
I could have made the whole you know episode about the report, but it's not. I'll read you though one final kind of foreshadowing quote from the 1992 report. Okay. We have reviewed recent practices and problems, and our concerns have not diminished. The company's recent business practices and violations do not appear to be different from the past. We've been unable to determine whether waste management's history, as reflected by this report, has been due to a failure of proper management or has been the result of deliberate corporate policy. Wow. Mm-hmm. So are they just stupid or are they evil? Mama. <laughs> That's what Edwin Miller was trying to figure out. Come on, Ed. <laughs> and so separately, 1993, this guy Timothy Jacobson publishes a book called Waste Management, an American Corporate Success Story. Wow. Which is definitely not in response to the 1992 article at all. <laughs> um Edwin Miller, on the other hand, the district attorney whose report I was reading from, he was sued to fucking shit by waste management for daring to write this fucking report. And the point wasn't to win. Obviously, they did not have a good case. He's a district attorney. He was literally doing his job. Right. And he was citing facts. But they're just so mad. But the point necessarily isn't that they're mad. It's that they gummed this up in court until like 1999. So right. he had to spend five years of... Wait, what's two plus five? Oh, fuck. Seven. I'm sorry. Seven That's okay. years of his life. I'm, I'm bad at math too. Remember, we're gorgeous. It's <laughs> just too pretty For the pretty non-visual medium, we're so pretty. <laughs> and he spent seven years of his life like being in and out of court for this. You know, yeah. like it's more the emotional burden of it, the financial burden, mm. the whatever. Just like, oh God, I'm still being sued for something that, uh, for doing my job. Yeah. And then it all, it gums up all systemic change because, you know, change takes for fucking ever. Mm-hmm. So if you just lock it up in court, it's like, well, now it's seven years later and the problem's worse. So we have no solutions. The judge, though, in 1999 did throw it out because um, they kept like appealing, whatever. <laughs> Keep in mind that waste management is mid lawsuit against Edwin Miller the entire time period that I'm about to describe to you. Okay. Because it just makes it an extra flavor of hilarious. Okay. So, like, back of your mind, they're suing a guy for saying that their company is, you know, fucked up. Fucked up. <laughs> okay. So, in June of 1996, again, okay. this is long after uh, Wayne is gone. You remember our sparkling personality, Wayne? Wayne. Uh, Wayne's dead now. No, he's just not. Work. He's busy oh, doing he's blockbuster. Block, he's busting the block. Oh, actually, this time uh, in June 1996, he's busy doing a Florida Panther and a Florida Marlin. Oh, okay. He's busy. At, he's at sports stadiums. That he's he sporting. Hates. Yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> so June of 1996, Dean L. Buntrick retired. He is the guy who's married to Elizabeth Huizenga, who was one of the founders of the company. Huizenga. Yeah. Yeah. Um. What do you need to know about Dean L. Buntrick? Um. He's from Hinsdale. <gasps> or he lived in Hinsdale. Oh, he's not from Hinsdale. Sorry. He lived in Hinsdale at the time. That's period. where I grew up. Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. Dean L. Buntrick. Maybe we're neighbors. <laughs> yeah, but, he, but he's a bad guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, and they all are. He's in bad that neighborhood? In, at least he's bad in a funny way. I mean, he might be bad in an actually bad way. Actually, okay. he is bad in a bad way. I mean, he oversaw all this bad in a, That's my bad girl. That's my <laughs> local bad girl. <laughs> he retires June of 1996. Good and he, he appoints COO Philip B. Rooney to succeed the throne. The board pressured Rooney to resign eight months later in what? February 1997. Buntrick then comes back to do the job for five months. Okay. The board back. then hires Ronald L. LeMay, he was from Sprint, to be the new CEO. <laughs> LeMay resigned after three months. <gasps> He reportedly said he found the company's accounting spooky. Whoa. (laughs) The same day, a board member was appointed as acting chairman and CEO. His name was Robert Miller. He decides to conduct an investigation into the company's finances. At this point, too, the SEC, SEC, Securities Exchange Commission, had their eyes trained right on waste management because a major corporation does not go through, like, five CEOs in, like, a year. Right. That's (laughs) um, deeply suspicious. Right. Super (laughs) suspicious. So... (laughs) It's literally the largest company in the industry, so you can't be doing that. Right. In 1998, 
the company releases a restatement. This kind of thing uh, happens when you're like, oops, we, we accounted wrong. Mm-hmm. We're, we Oopies. might be, maybe we're worth way more money than we said. Or we we're are just worth so pretty. Less. We're also bad at math. Right. It, literally, we're pretty and bad at math. We're literally just picking up trash. <laughs> math is not my forte. Um, what they published in 1998 is actually the largest restatement in corporate history. <laughs> <laughs> The company admitted that it had materially overstated its reported pre-tax earnings by $1.7 billion. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Overstated? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, did you think I was going to say understated, mama? Well, yeah, because understated, isn't that how you, isn't that how you hide money? Like, that's how you, you understate it so you get more money for profit and then you... Earnings, not income. Oh, okay. So they had overstated they were like, how much we're they earned. We're slaying so yep. hard. There's so much trash. Y'all mm-hmm. are so dirty. <laughs> <laughs> you dirty bitches. You guys are so dirty. But thank you because we're making money. Turns out you're lying. It turns out, oops. So that final CEO was like, hey, everyone. Oops. <laughs> what the fuck? I'm going to read you a quote. Okay. Um, the Securities and Exchange Commission files suit against waste management on March 2002. Allegedly, they had inflated profits by $1.7 billion while making millions of dollars for top executives. They defrauded investors then out of $6 billion. Oh, my God. Like the way that stocks work <laughs> And you or whatever. can't piss off those guys. You, uh, literally, uh-uh. no. All the, uh-uh. the litany of things that I read to you was not even going to, not even a drop in the bucket of Mm-mm. taking waste management down. This is going to be, like, they're, they're going to have to pay a fine for this. It's the largest fine in the company's history. Oh my goodness. I can't wait to read you more. Um, the quote that I just read from you was from Anne and Rob Diamond's book, Professional Ethics for Accountants. <laughs> like, it's so massive it's of a so fraud bad. scandal. It's, it's in about, a fucking literally. textbook. <laughs> a goal. Well, check that one off the bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this brings me to the second most hilarious and ludicrous document I've ever read, which is the SEC's complaint against waste management filed in 2002. <laughs> it's kind of gorgeously written for a court complaint. A complaint means like that that they, what does that mean? <laughs> it means, okay, I, I keep saying this to cover my own ass. Yeah. Um, eventually what's going to come of this is that waste management settles, which I believe means they admit to no wrongdoing. Okay. So legally... They did not do any of this, I guess. Like, they allegedly did this. This is what was alleged against them. Okay. But because they settled and they said, we're not guilty, we didn't do anything wrong, it doesn't necessarily... But we'll pay all the money that you want us to pay. Exactly. Because we didn't do anything wrong, so we'll pay the money. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I swear to God, we didn't do anything wrong. So that's why I always say, like, complaint versus lawsuit, because, like, this wasn't, I guess, proven in a court of law. It was just, like... The fact that they had built up to then go sue waste management. And it's the SEC that's suing waste yeah. management? Okay, cool. Uh, on behalf of the investors that were defrauded. Mm. Because you're not supposed to do that, apparently. Crime is okay as long as nobody knows about it. Come on. Right. Um, but, yeah, so this, like, formal lawyerly complaint is, like, kind of beautifully written <laughs> at awesome. some points. Let me read you some of it. Okay. <clears throat> Having been groomed for succession by Buntrick, Rooney continued the scheme when he became CEO in 1996 to perpetuate the frog. Fraud. <laughs> Ribbit. <laughs> to perpetuate the fraud, Koenig ordered... It's a different guy. You don't okay, need to know. No worries. Koenig ordered the destruction of damaging evidence. Awesome. Classic. <laughs> misled the company's audit committee and internal accountants. He withheld information <laughs> from outside investors. How, different guy, doesn't matter, chief accounting officer, was the accounting whiz, and he acted as Koenig's sous chef for cooking the books. Oh, my... <laughs> Mama. Someone said, I need a copywriter job so bad. <laughs> I'll work for the SEC. Oh my god, it's like um, <laughs> the ad industry is too tight knit. Mm-hmm. It's like someone who's like desperately trying to build transferable skills. 
It's like here's something. My dream is Hollywood. <laughs> I'm gonna put this in my portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> the way that they did cook the books were described in this report as relatively straightforward, but I have a toddler's understanding of accounting. 100%. Uh, basically, though, garbage trucks, as all cars do, decrease in value over time. Mm-hmm. They're worth less because you put miles on them. They're just going to run badly. Put trash on them. Yeah, put trash on them. Like a stink. So the company would then have to write this at some point in their accounting. Like if waste management is full of like 10 year old decrepit trash trucks versus a company of the same size that has state of the art brand new ones, Mm -hmm. waste management as a company, its assets are worth less than that other hypothetical company I made up. Okay. That is why legally you have to like write that into your accounting over time. Like some of our trucks are old, whatever. Exactly. I, I think there's numerical calculations of depreciation of car value. Well, the accountants probably go in and they look at the trucks and they go, okay, one, two, three, 10. You got 10 trucks. Sounds good. Bop, 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 bop. Subtract that. Baby, you know, <laughs> they probably get them evaluated. Everybody knows there's paperwork. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this is the best business podcast ever. <laughs> the simple accounting trick of avoiding this depreciation of value is just to say the trucks are worth the same price. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's all they do. <laughs> um, you know how they have to pay money out the nose for environmental scandals? Yep. Just say we don't. Just tell investors we don't. Or like reallocate. Oh, let's say we're paying like, you know, a million dollars to Ketterman Hills. It's one of the places that was affected. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've paid that million dollars, but let's just say like we spent $500,000 on new employees and mm. then like $500,000 on, you know, new trucks or whatever. Instead of saying that it went to Ketterman Hills. This is a hypothetical example that's a little wrong, okay. but like that's my understanding of like the kind of accounting whiz tricks they would use. They're just saying it's for other stuff. Saying it's for other stuff. Who cares? Nobody would know. Who's gonna? Who's gonna who, know? Who's gonna know? No one's gonna know. <laughs> One of the best details out of the report is the following: "Quote: Just ten days before the accounting irregularities first became public, Buntrick further enriched himself by donating company stock to his college alma mater to fund a building with his name on it." <laughs> Oh, God. Pick something cooler, you know? Right. Like, just pick, buy yourself something nice. Go on a trip. I don't know. Go to like, Target. Why are you going to be like, no, I want to have that building with my, the fine arts building. That should be mine. Well, he does yeah, that. Yeah, go to Target. I assume it was a, it says donated. Um, If it's a donation, I guess he gets like a tax write-off for it. Of course. Well, yeah, like storing your money in horses. I guess you can store your money in a school building. Literally. But you don't get that back. Like, you don't get that <laughs> That's such a deep cut that only people who've been to the live show would understand. Oh, sorry, I forgot you didn't put that one out. Damn. Damn. Shit. People are like, did you just say putting money in horses? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, but you know, it's like, I don't know. People don't know what the people do. They buy properties and shit. They, you know, go to the Caymans. I don't know. <laughs> what do rich people do? The report also lists off ill gotten gains. That's how it describes it. Um, from the highest paid people, ranging from a modest $472,000 of like, I made money from this accounting fraud, mm-hmm. to uh, all the way up to Dean Buntrick, who'd received a solid $16.9 million <laughs> from his little <laughs> accounting <laughs> oh my god so now, that's just like cooking the books they're just saying give me 16 million dollars in the accounting well it's like over time between 1992 and 1996 it's like it, it took the form of like retirement bonuses or like what the hell you know whatever Y'all, they're just really doing whatever they want aren't they want to hear my accounting fraud yeah is when i make like um at the end of the night we have to say how many like credit card tips we made uh-huh. so if it's like you know Let's say I made forty six seventy five, babe. I made forty seven. Oh yeah, yeah, girl. 
That's this one little accounting trick <laughs> will change your life. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put this on TikTok, okay? It'll blow up. <laughs> There's no video. Nobody on TikTok wants oh, to listen damn. to anything. Okay, well, no one record this, screen record this with their phone, and then put this audio clip on TikTok. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you. Don't do it. Don't, Don't you dare. Do it. Crippled by the scandal, this is from the SEC report, the company eventually... Uh, was eventually acquired by a smaller competitor that closed the company's longtime corporate headquarters in Oak Brook, Illinois. Suck it! They terminated nearly every headquarters <gasps> employee, 1,500 of the 1,700 people that lived there, or that worked there. Oh, <laughs> and then they relocated boy. the new company to Houston, Texas. You know what, though? If they were doing that much bad shit, I bet all 1,500 of those people were in on it. I'm kidding. That's deeply sad. A lot of people lost their jobs. Yeah, I mean, fuck shit. Brutal. You want to know something even funnier? You might be wondering, how were they able to get away with these pretty basic accounting uh, mishaps? Yeah, because isn't that like the easiest fucking trick in the book is like, does it say it's for other shit? Aren't there like auditors or whatever? Yeah. That, um, deal they with that doing it all in pencil and just, well, they just have really good erasers? The answer actually is they, they do have auditors. Um, you know what company is the, the auditing company? It's Arthur Anderson. Oh the, my God. <laughs> the company that eventually went on to do an Enron. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You guys are good. Don't worry about it. You're fine. Everything's fine. You guys are great. <laughs> Can you Because this predates Enron, you know? So they're, yeah. they're probably just sitting there like twiddling their thumbs like, oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, jeepers. That was a bad one, guys. We can't do this again. Don't do it okay? again. Okay? Waste management was a huge hit for us. Do okay? pinky promise. <laughs> Everyone do their jobs. <laughs> Fuck. Stop writing in pencil. Stop writing. Everybody, guys, we're going digital. Okay? <laughs> the internet is now a thing. <laughs> Are you fucking joking? Isn't that so rad? Yeah, they were like, <laughs> Arthur Anderson was like, that could have been bad. <laughs> you guys, that was bad. You guys were doing that the whole time? What? <gasps> okay, well, we really dodged a bullet. We cannot do that again. <laughs> oh, my God. So the thing that, again, like, really just tickles me so much is that during all of this account accounting irregularities that they're doing knowingly they're also suing edwin miller for saying that the company was bad like they're mid-lawsuit oh we're still in that lawsuit damn edward miller he's just a guy who wrote a book he wrote a thing it wasn't even a book it It was was just it was a report for his job he was just like hey i'm doing my job right wow that's so good wow and now, so now where are we? Like, what, what is that? This brings us to like 1999 to 2002 okay. era. Great year for sports. Awesome year for, what, what happened in sports? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just said that because we were on an improv team in the 2002 Chicago Bulls. Yes, who were bad at the sport that they were playing, the basketball. Oh, I thought it was funny because they were like average. Or were they um, bad no, that's why it was funny. It was because one of, it was like one of their worst seasons oh. ever, I think. Sports fanatics, don't quote me on the pod, but All right. I think I Googled that at one point and it was true. So Can I tell you a delusional belief about myself? Mm-hmm. I truly believe I'm one of the best improvisers like on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'm one of the best performers. I'm not no. one of the best writers. I'm but not like we are quick witted. Yes. Yeah. It's like a delusional belief. I wanted to say it on, on mic. Anyways, come see us do two prov Wednesdays <laughs> at the Lincoln Lodge. <laughs> Wednesdays. <laughs> Are you guys close on Wednesdays? Yeah, yeah, that was quite humorous. Oh, I didn't even put that together. Double joke. <laughs> you would think then that they're going to restructure the company and they're going to... You would think. They're going to... Look, we moved to Florida where the rules are stricter. 
famously all the time. They moved to Houston, Texas, actually. Oh, even stricter. Wayne was the guy who went back to Florida. He was sorry, yes, Wayne. And part of the reason for his departure, he said, was that he was tired of like going from Oak Park to like Florida back and forth. <laughs> It's what just a- easier for me to run all my blockbusters from down here, okay? <laughs> so, carry on. Or, I'm sorry, carrying on. The brave tradition of Waste Management Inc.'s sparkling reputation at this point um, are employees that just also continue to skirt environmental regulations. Mm. There is this website called Good Jobs First. Are you familiar? No. Oh my God, it's for girlies exactly like me. Really? It's violationtracker.goodjobsfirst.org. Oh you skipped the first part of that URL. Okay. Violationtracker.goodjobsfirst <laughs> is like the core website, and then Violation Tracker is like an offshoot okay. of it. Love it. So you can type in the name of any company, and it will just give you. Waste Management Inc. starts in the year 2000, oh, so I have a feeling it's Boy, I'm going to go on this website after this. It, Mom, it's so fun. It is a blast. So the S, I'm sorry, I have to Google something really quick. Um, okay. When you go on violationtracker.goodjobsfirst.org. Oh, it's literally the first thing that comes up when I you start. Hit, you hit V and it was like, you want to go back to this one? Exactly. <laughs> um, so you can see it like stack ranks top five offense groups and top five offense types. Financial offenses is number one. Uh-huh, because there was only one of them and the penalty was $457 million. And that's, that's one that's just from the one time and that makes it the number one offense (laughs) is it the waste management one yeah oh i'm sorry this is for waste management oh okay i thought we were just on the general website and i was like that's the biggest financial offenses settlement that seems low yeah okay cool (laughs) this is on waste management's like company page little tab cool and so, <laughs> yes, the top five offense groups. Number one is financial offenses, which mm-hmm. is number one at $457 million. For just forgetting how to use whiteout and mislabeling a few things. <laughs> Who hasn't done it? <laughs> Who hasn't done it? Whiteout is so hard. It's so hard. It's, it's, it's slipped out of my hand. <laughs> what are you going to do? Um, number two is employment-related offenses. Oh, God. Which... There are 73 of them on record here. Now, does that mean that the company committed offenses toward their employees yes. or their employees did something naughty? No, no, no. They committed offenses against their employees. Like, cool. um, there was a truck driver who reported that his truck was not working anymore. <laughs> like, it just, it was faulty. Uh, the company then assigned the truck to a different guy. And then they assigned the complainant to just a different truck <laughs> that also didn't work. <laughs> And then he hurt his fingy in the truck. Oh, no. And he was seeking, like, workers' comp, and the, the company just decided, like, it was his fault. He wasn't eligible for anything. Yeah. They also, he then He's was, not eligible. You don't use your hands that much. Uh, they then fired him <gasps> because they suspected that he was going to try and, like, seek, like, outside legal action, which then he did. Yeah. And then he, he wound fired. up, or the company wound up paying $95,000 for that because they fired Only like, $95,000? Yeah. Oh. Um, so, yeah, the- Remember, there's one financial offense mm-hmm. that has $457 million of a penalty. Okay. 73 employment-related offenses that total $32 million. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> so it is a lot, but it is also like, you would hope it's more, I think. Yeah. But For 72 people, yeah. Right. Or so, it's like 73 records. It could mean like more, more people, people per, yeah. Ugh, so even less. Um, after that, we do finally get to environment-related offenses, which on record on the website, which does not include any of the information I was just telling you about because mm-hmm. this starts in the year 2000, uh, we've got 172 of them <laughs> uh, for a total of $28 million. Ugh, and that's crazy because- You wish you it know, was more. <laughs> you wish it was more and you know that that's the, the offenses are actually going to affect more people than 
not you know right so why is it so low because most of the time this is like a settlement with the epa it's not like this is for the residents of xyz aaron brockovich it's not aaron brockovich Mm -mm. Mm -mm. wish it was though um wish it was (laughs) this website (laughs) this website was really really um i guess fun is not a good word for it but it was very illuminating Uh to go through i would encourage anyone to go through it so i'm going to read you this, I guess, isn't my favorite story. It's just maybe the most uh, most waste management ink story. Okay. Carrying on the brave tradition of their environmental history is two <laughs> random guys I found that were working at Waste Management in Hawaii in 2010 and 2011. Ooh. Now, these guys are, by all intents and purposes, normal people, like, with public LinkedIn profiles. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to use their first names. Like, cool. You know, they're not, they're no Fine. Dean L. Buntrick. <laughs> that, with, and with a last name like that, how could you be? You know? I'm saying. But our characters here are Justin and Joseph. Okay, JJ's. JJ's. Old Joey was the company's general manager and vice president. Nice. Justin was the company's environmental protection manager. Oh. According to Justin's profile on LinkedIn, he started working at the company in 2008. Now, but remember that I said that this is in 2010 when this event is going to go down? So not even two <laughs> years into his tenure. <laughs> He's like, just fresh out of college, just got the best job. <laughs> He allegedly started conspiring with employees from environmental consulting firms to submit false and outdated information about their inadequate stormwater systems to the Department of Hawaii's Clean Water Department. Oh, Justin. Whoops. Or Joey. Uh, this is Justin. This Joey is, Justin. is also involved. Justin. Yeah, Justin. You're not supposed to. That sounds do that. bad. You know what? And I'll let the District of Hawaii's justice.gov press release tell the story. For Read me it to here. me, sister. On December 19th, 2010. A heavy rainstorm stuck Oahu and Cell E6. Uh, Cell E6 must be like the dump where they like are allowed to, whatever. It doesn't really matter what's sure. selling. Which contained millions of pounds of waste, including raw sewage, sewage sludge, and medical waste, was flooded with millions of gallons of storm water from, <laughs> <laughs> from like up the canyon. The indictment alleges that from December 20th to the 23rd, Waste management pumped millions of gallons of contaminated stormwater from Cell E6 into coastal waters near the Koalina Resort. The indictment alleges that on December 20th and 23rd, Justin falsely stated to the Department of like Water inspectors that any stormwater being discharged from the landfill had not come into contact with waste from Cell E6. <laughs> so he's like, guys, it's fine. He's like, it's almost Christmas. Literally I don't give a fuck. Nothing happened. It's fine. He was dead. I was like, I want to get home for Christmas Eve. I'm not answering questions about this. <laughs> I don't work on holidays. Sorry. Guys, I'm on, it's, I'm on island time all the time. It's, it's not, Hawaii, I can't baby. control the weather. What do you want me to do? Mm-mm. <laughs> I'm on island time. <laughs> you ever heard of island time? Oh, my God, all the time. I'm on it right now. We're drinking Twisted Teas. We're drinking Twisted What could be better? Cheers. Twisted Teas on a Sunday night. What mm. could be better? <laughs> And it smells like bacon because there's a cooking comedy show going on next door. And it smells really good in here. I cannot wait to go stick my head in there Mm -hmm. once we're done with this. Mm -hmm. On the evening of January 12, 2011, another heavy rainstorm struck Oahu. The indictment alleges that unbeknownst to the Department of Water, Joey and Waste Management caused the discharge of millions of gallons of contaminated stormwater onto the coastal waters near the Koalina Beach Resort for several hours in the evening and into the morning of January 13th without authorization from the water people. The pollutants included large amounts of medical waste, included blood vials, syringes, catheters, raw sewage, and sewage sludge. Oh my God. (laughs) Oops. Oh my God. (laughs) 
<laughs> the indictment further alleges that on January 13th and 20th, 2011, an engineer from Waste Management <laughs> falsely stated to the Department of uh, Hawaii inspectors that the manhole in which waste management used for unauthorized discharges had been closed, when in fact he did know that it was still open. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> to serve as an overflow drain. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine you're swimming around at the, at the resort and you're like, oh, stung by a jellyfish. Ouch. I got to get out of this water. And then you get out and there's a syringe sticking out of your knee. <laughs> Stepping on a catheter. Oh, <laughs> ooh. You don't want that. Because you know those those things aren't new. That's not why they're being thrown out. And they've been used. Uh-uh. You don't even get a free catheter out of no. it. No. And those are expensive. <laughs> I'm saying. <laughs> and yowie. <laughs> so... um. They were, of course, indicted for these crimes. They faced up to three years in prison for this. Um, Joey and Justin? Oh, Joey and Justin. Thing <laughs> is, they did not go to prison. They just each had to pay a $25,000 fine. Wow. Um, now, Justin's LinkedIn is public, like I said. Holy shit. Um, so he does list working at waste management on his LinkedIn and just, like, says that he did a good job. But then his next job, I guess I'm not going to say where it is, but, like, he's a scientist somewhere where he quote, provides solid waste consulting services to clients throughout the redacted. How do you get that job? Like, he obviously like, didn't mention the $25,000 fine. Or they didn't Google him? What like, the fuck? his name comes up immediately. That's the first... Actually, let me, let me Google it just to make sure. Say the company's name. Let's dox him. Come on. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm above that. Um, I guess, you know what? It isn't the first thing that comes up when you Google his name. So God bless him. He wow. did a good job getting that away from the internet. Wow. But um, I know that about it. You would think, like, what did they call your last employer and say, like, why did he stop working here? Yeah, yeah. Reference, how good of an, of an employee was he? Well, he was all right until the whole, uh, you know, dumping raw sewage yeah. on the Kowalian <laughs> Resort thing. Their crimes, this, the crimes of this company are so, like, they're just, they're doing the most obvious thing, you know? They're just, like, taking the trash and they're putting it where it's not supposed to be. They're just, like, labeling the, bu you know, it's, like, not even, like, they're being, like, guys, like, seriously like be sneaky about it they're just like it's fine mm -hmm. we have so much money we're cool <laughs> i bet they gave them the money to pay the fines too i'm saying it goes all the way to the top but they did not go to prison for that wow uh -uh. that's a bullet now in 2016 waste management agreed to pay 1.4 million dollars to residents living in tully town or near the tully town resource recovery facility um this one is so much more simple it's just because the stench was so odious and they were not <sighs> taking care of it <laughs> So then, like, part of the $1.4 million, or, like, in addition, I guess, to it. Oh, I'm sorry. It's $1.4 to the residents. Then they also agreed to spend around $600,000 on changes to the facility to control odors. Mm. What I did not realize is those devices are just, like, water mist. It's just, like, big things that spray water. Really? Yeah. And it works? I guess. Cool. Well, who knows? I, mean, I It doesn't seem like it's come up again. Yeah. This was in 2016. They probably would have said it, it again. It's a nice little spritz. It's like the vegetables at Jewel. But it was, like, kind of crazy to read about because it was, like, part of the agreement is we will scrub the dock bi-monthly and <laughs> like, <laughs> we won't uh, accept sewage after, like, 10 o'clock on weekends. Ugh, it was literally fine. that. Like, Twist our arm. So it's just, like, crazy. <laughs> I like, four frat brothers running this company where they're like, God, we'll clean. Fine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Ugh, you guys just keep fucking complaining. God, uh, the floor's not that sticky. Um, so 
after all the fraud at waste management, <laughs> the company struggled for several years and dealt with legal ramifications of the fraud. I'm circling back to the 90s. I'm sorry. Okay. I just forgot to say this part. We're out of the 2000s. Uh-huh. Or no. I, I circled back. Like the two stories I gave you about the environment, those did happen in like the late 2010s. Cool. Um, I mean, interesting. This thing I'm giving you happened like early 2000s. Okay. The company spent considerable effort to rehabilitate its reputation. Efforts included rebranding itself as a green company with environmental concerns. Wow. Sponsoring an exhibit at Disney's Epcot Center. And <laughs> um, <laughs> then CEO Larry O'Donnell was in the first episode of Undercover Boss. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Was it a good app? No. Oh, boring. boy. That's like the worst crime it could be, though, is boring. Yeah, because you want there to be shit wrong. Yeah. That's why you're on Undercover Boss. If you're not just going to go on, you're not just going to go on Undercover Boss and be like, look how good of a job I'm doing. Right. Uh-uh. So this does kind of bring us to the present day. It is still one of the largest waste management companies like ever. Yeah. Um, the company will continue to make money hand over fist because it's a lucrative industry. There will always be trash. Yeah. There might not always be jewel or iPhones or yeah. whatever, but there will always be garbage. We'll always be throwing stuff out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll always be dying and throwing stuff out. Mm-hmm. And getting taxed. amen but not to pay for trash services apparently allegedly Mm -hmm. new information i'm saying wow it's crazy i am i am like really i have really like i said been thinking about waste recently because tell me more well i've just been like looking around and noticing how much plastic we use in our daily lives i really just don't like plastic you know because it's the ultimate thing that's just never going to go away and you know it's in our landfills and uh yeah go for it i need to interrupt you with a story yeah um, I was reading this book, Thomas Tewitz. I don't know if that's how you say his last Tewitz? name. Tewitz? T-H-W-A-I-T-H-E-S, I think. T-H-W-I-T-W. T- Thomas. <laughs> if it's T-H, I'm going to go. Um, Thomas, Thomas, T-H-W-A-I-T-E-S. A-I, Thomas Thwaites. He wrote this book called The Toaster Project, okay. or a heroic attempt to build a simple electronic applicant's appliance from scratch, where he tried to like smelt ore and like do all of the processes to like make a toaster. Yeah, it cost him like over a thousand dollars. Holy shit! And like took nine months to get wow. like to barely a toaster a, to make barely a bread warmer. It was definitely not a toaster, and it was ugly. And <laughs> part of his project was like, I want to get all the materials myself. Like, I want to mine all the materials myself, blah, blah, blah. But then when he got to the plastic. Mine all yep. the materials? Oh, yeah. It was crazy. What the fuck? He was just a grad student, too. It's, I'm so jealous of how cool it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like an art student, too. I was okay. so mad. Um, so he was like in mines. Like, he was getting this shit. When he got to the plastic part, he was like, you know, my rule for this was to like mine materials from the earth. The thing is, scientists are now arguing that plastic will be in the earth for forever and like it basically constitutes a new geologic reality mm-hmm. <laughs> that like Whoa. so he's just like I just went to a landfill and got some plastic and like melted it into the shape Whoa. of a toaster isn't that nuts I didn't even think about it. It blew my mind. I was yeah. like, it wasn't even a plot twist, but I was like, whoa, plot twist. Because I have been thinking about that, of the things that they're going to find, you know, and it's going to be silly things, too. It's going to be like, you know, the inside of a greeting card or something. Yeah. You know, like that's the kind of plastic that they're going to find. I mean, I'm sure it'll be bigger stuff, too. Um, but, you know, it's crazy because I've just been walking around and you see how much plastic is involved in stuff that like, I mean, these headphones that we're wearing, mm-hmm. you know, these break. What do you do with them? You just reci- you recycle them, even if they're not allowed to be recycled. We just don't have like a smart system for waste here, which is crazy, too, because being in Switzerland sometimes because mm-hmm. my side pot, my girlfriend lives in Switzerland right now. <laughs> they're 
waste management is so insanely regulated. Really? Yeah. And I think I the statistic was that they uh, recycle like 98% of their waste or wow. something like that. Um, and it's federally regulated. Like it's really controlled and they, you know, they incentivize people to recycle by making trash bags super expensive. So you're like, oh, fuck, I don't want to fill up my trash bag. I'll just recycle. Mm-hmm. And they pick it all up for you. And it's like then when you hear about the fact that we don't have systems like that and the people that are in charge of clearing all the waste don't even know what to do with it we have this like bifurcated system though where like some of it like chicago picks up your trash yeah but also if you live in certain areas like you then have to pay for it you know like you have to pay someone to do it yeah so you would expect as many proponents of the free market would tell you like the free market's gonna breed innovation and like it'll incentivize people to be the best at it otherwise people won't pay for the service and that's but when there's one company basically that does trash they don't have to do a good job right and they're they're not and they're not no (laughs) yeah i i think about it all the time like unwrapping meat from the grocery store i know you're a vegan um but like it comes on a styrofoam tray that's not recyclable it comes with a plastic pad underneath that's not recyclable it becomes wrapped in plastic that's not recyclable Mm -hmm. you buy fruit and vegetables sometimes that are all wrapped in plastic you can't recycle it you just throw it in the bin and then you take your trash out and you're like it's just oh it's it's so it's just something that i've been thinking about so much because we just were and then they're like you have three years guess what three years in order to get yourself right or we're all gonna die sooner than later and you're like oh fuck man like i don't know it feels deeply stressful right now but i don't know i understand that stress but i try not to feel too doomed about it because then otherwise i'll do nothing that's true yeah so i at least I think there's some amount of, not necessarily ignorance, but just like <laughs> ignoring it and trying to buy as many low waste products yeah. as I can, you know, and like not thinking about it too hard. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. I think that's what you can do right now. Right. But your point about, you know, the free market and it's like, you know, there's so many industries that just nobody's incentivized to actually provide a good product. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing it like 10 times over and everything. It's like entertainment industry now and it's the yeah, waste We have like industry. four companies now. <laughs> four companies, everybody's striking, you know, and it's like, it's like they're all just so focused. And that's why I was like, why would you piss off your board? Because they're literally the only people that you have to keep happy. Yeah. You don't even have to provide a good product to your customers anymore, which is the whole reason you got into business in the first place. Mm-hmm. I often think about that a lot. If you're not going to just provide a good service, why are you even doing it? And it's because of the, of the moolah. There mm-hmm. you go. But yeah, you're right. Anyways. <laughs> Climate doom really can be all-encompassing. But it is, Then yeah. I got to think about people like Edwin Miller who are fighting the good fight of like, okay, you want to buy this... Fu- like, such a small thing. You want to buy this private landfill mm-hmm. in Gregory Canyon or whatever it was? I'm going to do a detailed report saying, no, you can't. And yeah. like, I'm going to pay the price for seven fucking years. Yeah. But like, I will still say no to this small thing. I think that's also kind of like how I can at least do something in my head is like, local change is yeah. the easiest to do so like you know advocating for stuff locally or- yeah start composting mm-hmm. um well and there's also people who are doing really cool things with trash too like people who are figuring out really unique ways to recycle them like people are making bricks out of trash and plastic mm-hmm. you know they can build houses with i'm like that's fucking sick they can make shoelaces and other shit and i'm like that's pretty fucking cool right. so i think we'll be okay i'm not gonna go too doomy with it but i do feel it it's like it's always like back there I did, uh, you know. I know that the. I'm like everything's fine. Everything's fine, but I'm holding my hand behind me, and it's climate doom. (laughs) (laughs) We're having dinner. I'm like, it's really great. It's actually okay. (laughs) I um read a lot about landfills and trash, and like a a lot that did not make it in the episode because I was like, this is boring, Mm -hmm. but I loved it. Um, and as I was researching the episode, uh, I was I was texting with my boyfriend, 
and boyfriend. he we're like going on a trip soon and he was like oh can i like pack anything for you like i just want you to focus on your art today and i was reading Aww. about like i was reading about shit passing through like <laughs> <laughs> rainwater it's <laughs> like my art <laughs> my art and my craft yes <laughs> don't get distracted <laughs> and you're like how much shit can percolate through a styrofoam plate <laughs> Google. Google. Literally. Shit percolate plates. How much? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, well, it's also funny because uh, my girlfriend always talks about Superman and how he's not really a good superhero because if he was really a good superhero and wanted to take care of the people, he would just fly all of our trash into the sun. And he doesn't do that. It's like not his priority. <laughs> so now I'm like mad at Superman. I'm like, ugh, if he just fo- could focus on things like flying our trash into the sun. That's so fucking funny. <laughs> I don't need you to stop bullets. I need you to get this trash out of here. <laughs> Solve the real problems. We're drowning. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That, I got nothing further to say about it. <laughs> me neither. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on Absolutely. the podcast. Once again, this is my friend, Emma. Hello. Hello. It, do you want people to follow you on anything? Uh, You know what? Sure. Uh, my, my handles on most things are all day Emma day. Check it out. Yeah. Um, Also, I think they're... Well, the radio station's local, so whatever. You got bazillions of fans out there all over the world. I have a lot of Chicago fans. Oh, my God. I just did a show in drag, and then two people came up to me, and they were like, oh, my God, I love your podcast. And I was like, you're not supposed to know that's me. (laughs) You don't know that that's me. Well, maybe they watch the YouTube videos, because you do be putting that shit out. Oh, perhaps. Yeah. Subscribe on Patreon. Yeah. And uh, tell your friends. Patreon.com slash Busted Biz Bureau. Honestly, the main thing you can do for me, if you're still listening, because we, we've said we're going to leave like five yeah, times. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you are still listening, the best thing you could do is tell your friends about it and review yeah. it on Apple Podcasts. Well, and tell your friends, if your friends are like those friends who are like, I don't really get involved in politics, you can tell them to be like, oh, this is a really great way to get yourself educated and you can have some fun. That's how I tell my friends about it. Oh, Yeah. I, talk to, I tell people about, at work about this. I'm like, check it out. Don from sales. Oh, well, shout out to you, Don from shout sales. Shout out, Don. I won't say his last name, but I love saying his first name and his last name together. He's like one of those people. Oh, yeah. But I won't, I won't uh, dox him on this podcast. Don from sales. Thank you. Emma, <laughs> thank you. Christian, thank you. All right. I will see you all on the flip side. Thank you to my third string Bye. quarterback. Bye. Bye.